Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday. We've got a lot to cover. This is a big, big day. Second time in as many months that we are wrapping up a book in the Chronicles of Narnia series. So very exciting. Um, Also a little sad. It's always sad to get to the end of a book and not have any more chapters to read. But it's exciting because we will be starting the next book next week. So very cool. We got a lot of work to do this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) and in the coming weeks to read through these um you know it's funny the last two times we started these books we always had like a long road trip coming up or something where we had time to actually um read like put put on an audio book and actually listen to the book Uh, but that is not the case this time around so uh, (laughs) at least not me i don't know about you jake but i don't have any big road trips coming up until about a month later so yeah, so we're going to have to figure out some other way to uh, get through, I don't even know how many chapters, 20 chapters in a month, <laughs> rather yeah, than cheating. How many. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. how many chapters are in this, but uh, yeah, I, check I, that out. Hof- hopefully it's not, well, hopefully it's the same as, as the other ones. Yeah. It seems to be so. 15, it's less. It is hey, less. look at that. So everybody, oh, this, is a, nice. this is a easier read. Well, nice. I don't nice, know how nice. long the chapters are, but there are less of them. Yeah, yeah. So our strategy typically is we'll listen to the audiobook because um, we have time where we're working or doing something else, you know, whatever, going for a walk or whatever, and, and we can put on the audiobook. And then just before the episode, we spend some time actually going through the chapters we listen to, the chapters we're going to talk about today, and kind of picking out some of our favorite spots. Now that we kind of have an idea for the whole story, for what all the chapters are talking about, then we'll dive in a little bit deeper and take a closer look at them with the book and then actually go through and pull out some of our favorite quotes and whatnot. It's not our usual strategy. It's not how we used to do it. But this time around, um, there's so much to get through. And it's kind of one of those things where you don't have a choice but to get through the whole book in a month because then we're moving on to the next one. So it's like, all right, this is the condensed, uh, quicker strategy to get yeah. this done. So, all right. So today we are going through chapters. Let me just read these out real quick. Uh, chapters 15, 16, and 17. So those are what we're going to be talking about today wrapping up the lion the witch and the wardrobe but before we get into all that we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and wednesday of course of course means that jacob does that so take it away jake yeah and our verse this week is found in proverbs 13 verse 20 and it says whoever whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm uh quite a quick verse so i thought i would back it up with three others uh and that is psalms 1 1 and it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers uh next verse is first corinthians fifteen thirty three, and it says do not be deceived bad company ruins good morals proverbs mm. 22 24 through 25 says make no friendship with a man given to anger nor with a wrathful man who, sorry, wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. 
So all of these verses have something in common, and hopefully if you uh, either read them along with me or were just listening intently, um, you would notice that all of them talk about what? And that uh, bad company. Bad company is something that is bad. Yes, because it's <laughs> bad company. But um, <laughs> the, the Bible speaks to this several times throughout throughout the entire Bible. First of all, I have two passages in Psalms. Sorry, two passages in Proverbs, a passage in Psalms, and a path- passage in First Corinthians. And as I was searching for those, I saw multiple others in in um in the New Testament and Old Testament uh, that speak to this very thing. So it's a very important thing that we know who our friends are, know who are who the people we hang out with are, and this is something that is very true of my industry, uh, the culinary industry that. Um, it's, it's why I would, I suggest most of the time that a lot of people would, um, weigh their decisions when going into the culinary industry, because it's something that can be very harmful to your walk as a Christian, because you are surrounded by people in, in most restaurants, if not all, um, a very bad situation where you, all the people are doing bad things. Let's just put it that way. I've spoken to a lot of times as to what those things are, but at this point, just very bad things. But, um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll end with that very short, but hopefully those other verses give a little bit more, uh, depth to this. Uh, and I understand Bruce kind of spoke to the same thing on Monday, but hopefully this week will be a strong week in giving you mm-hmm. foundational things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't think we can be too redundant or speak too much to the idea of the kind of company you keep. Um, I don't think it's possible to be too aware of the people you are around, the people you uh, learn from, even when you don't know you're learning from them, because that's just who we are as people. Um, and it's not wrong for us to want to spend time with other people. That's how we were created. In fact, God said it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to isolate ourselves, which is why I think there's in our modern world where there are so many things wrong, one of those things I think that should be on the list is the rising tide of quote-unquote introvert people, right? People Mm -hmm. who are quote-unquote oh, I ran out of social energy or whatever excuse they use to not put forth the energy to spend time with other people like God commands. So not to say introverts are all wrong, but I think that in our modern age, we give into that sin of wanting to isolate too easily. And we've even put a nice little name on it, nice little title on it to make ourselves feel better as opposed to saying, no, I need to fight that. No, that's something that is not good. Uh, we, we go the opposite direction. So anyways, we can touch on that. Hey, maybe that's a discussion topic sometime in the future. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great wrap up, Jake. That was, that was really good. So uh, three chapters, and as is the custom, I'll read out the chapter headers to kind of kick us off. The first chapter, chapter 15, we're talking about is deeper magic from before the dawn of time. Uh, chapter 16 title header is, uh, I should pick one, either title or header, chapter heading, I don't know. <laughs> oh, great, a third option. Uh, the third one, uh, six, chapter 16, is what happened about the statues. 
that's cool. And then 17 is the hunting of the white stag, which if you're familiar with the story at all, that's kind of like the, the last part, the la- the ending part of that mm-hmm. chapter. Um, so today, like we always say, might be a shorter episode. We always say that, but it almost never ends up being one. So I don't know why I say it anymore, but it's just to couch your expectations. So consider those expectations couched. Um, so deeper magic from before the dawn of time is hearkening back to the previous uh, chapter, two chapters ago, chapter 13, Deep Magic from the Dawn of Time. And this was interesting to me. If you're familiar at all with what both of those two things uh, allude to, right? Deep Magic from before the Dawn of Time. If you think about that, in, in our world, it's not, again, not meant to be an allegory, but I can't help but draw those conclusions. Like we've said mm-hmm. in the past, Lewis was obviously writing from a biblical perspective. So of course he's going to have those influences. And I just think it's an interesting thing to pull out of this that. Well, but also the, it w- it's a, it's the same sort of thing because um, Pastor Hansen saying that it was supposed to be a supposal. Um, right. Suppose the God of this world interacted with um, a new world that was, yeah. that he created. Uh, suppose yep. he created another world. And now this is God interacting with that world. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And so that that deep magic from the dawn of time um, is that uh, Old Testament law, right? Is that law that was written on our hearts that we already that we knew um, that we didn't really need to be told that then God fleshed out even more in in his own sermon called Deuteronomy, right? We call it the book of Deuteronomy today. Um, But then we find deeper magic from before the dawn of time, which is kind of coming before all of that and uh, uh, allowing for something even greater than that law, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Um, And obviously this is pertaining to uh, Christ and how that law actually just, it pointed towards Christ, right? The, the, um, the, ceremonial law in particular pointed to Christ. And so in this same way, we get Aslan who this, you know, this law was something that could now, it had that little facet to it that wasn't exactly written down, that wasn't there, that allowed for an intermediary party, someone to step in, in the gap, in the void and undo the the way that the law was twisted, right? Undid all of that to then allow for the law to be kept in the future, which I think was, was really interesting. Um, so anywho, that was without, that, that was very vague. That was very theological, very, uh, uh, not fantastical in terms of like a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. But again, that's sort of intentional because we do want you to read this chapter um, and all of these chapters as we wrap up the book. And so we don't want to give away all the plot. But uh, with all that being said, Jake, was there anything in this chapter that you wanted to comment on? This was the chapter where, you know, he comes back to life and, and all that kind of stuff. Just the, I don't know, I, I think the I think of what kind of what I was saying last week um, in a sense that the, the demon saying the cross was our greatest mistake that mm-hmm. you you see that but it wasn't it it was it very much like the cross that the the devil didn't know 
uh, Christ came back until later, what we see at the end, uh, chapter 17, I think, when yep. Aslan jumps on the witch, the description yeah. of the witch's face and her being yeah. surprised and everything. But, um, yeah, just just that little that little bit. Yep. I, to me, it's that sort of like, I don't want to say underdog sort of thing because <laughs> it's not like Christ lost. Or in, right. in a sense, it's like... But it, it seemed like he did. Seemingly, yeah. Yeah. And so yep. it it comes back and even stronger than ever, you know, mm-hmm. and that to be on it and, and to add a little bit more to it than just a basic, like if you think of an underdog in, in sports, it's like, Oh, they, they were doing badly. And then they came back from that. But with this, it's like, it's an intentional thing because Aslan had to do this and used it for a greater purpose, you yeah. know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are great insights. Thank you. So, uh, that's chapter 15. Chapter 16, um, was really interesting. This was the, I kind of think of this as the restoration chapter or the putting everything right chapter, right? Where this to me seems like, and the way that it's described too, it's the ongoing process, right? Where Aslan sets a lot of the really hard to fix things straight and then hands it over to the Kings and Queens. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the hard things to fix were the things that they didn't have the power to fix. Right. They didn't have the power to, um, you know, make statues come back to life by breathing on them. Right. They didn't have the power to do all those different things, uh, setting relations, right. And uh, structuring, you know, society and all of that. A restructuring it all. But then after that, it's kind of like he steps back and now takes more of a background role and is mm-hmm. still the one pushing everything. But now it's not um, an immediate presence, physical presence of Aslan, uh, fixing and, and conquering the enemies and all of that, right? Which I think is really interesting. And obviously that's where we're at today in real life as well, right? Like Christ set things right on a spiritual level back then and then you know in 70 AD destroyed uh, Israel and and all of these different things and then you know bound Satan so that he can no longer deceive the nations and and then he now reigns over the world through from heaven right so Christ is in heaven seated at the right hand of God the Father um but he's he's reigning and he's working out Psalm 110 verse 1 right now, making all of his enemies his footstool. So it's that same sort of parallel here where all of those enemies are being defeated one by one, but it's less of an Aslan actively physically doing it there, but him doing it through his people. So it's mm-hmm. still him, right? It's still Christ today working, but it's um, Doug Wilson always says, you know, that it's the therefore go. It's not just the go. Right. So we're we're going because Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. We're going under his power. It is him doing it. But he's told us to go. Right. There's action involved on our part as well. And there was on the part of of the kings and queens as well. And I think the parallel there is is also not lost is that we are kings and queens in Christ. Right. We're a nation of priests. We're a nation of kings and queens. Um, And 
that's what is pictured here at the end as well. The, the son of Adam and daughter of Eve language, all of that, um, which I find really interesting that, that mm-hmm. parallel. Anywho, th- there was so much of that there. What, what else did you get from this chapter? Uh, it's, it's interesting just, just to think of it uh, for a second that uh, the, the witch turned them to stone and Aslan is turning them from stone back to flesh hmm. changing a heart uh, of stone to flesh there you go but in I a like sense that, it, yeah. it it doesn't fully work in that sense because we create we put in ourselves a heart of stone right. we did to ourselves and put in made our hearts stone and god turns it to flesh and these people didn't turn their hearts to stone or they didn't turn themselves to stone the witch turned them to stone and in a sense, you could you could make the connection there between the devil tempting us, causing our hearts to turn to stone, right? Um, yeah. But in a sense, I think it doesn't give this analogy. Obviously, not meaning to specifically mean that. Um, I just think it's an interesting thing to take from it. But yeah. that the devil pushes them, pushes a person to have a heart of stone. But ultimately, it's that person choosing it that makes them have a heart of stone, you know. Mm. But then God yeah. turns it. Aslan, Aslan took them in and turned them back to flesh, changed them back to flesh. Um, I also I find it funny, the the lion, the other lion, uh, oh, yeah, in his yeah. bragging nature, uh, <laughs> was was saying, "Oh, Aslan is grouping me with him," and saying. Aslan and I are going to be up in the front leading everybody else. Um, yep. Yep. And of course, Aslan's response, hearing all of that, um, tries to bring him down a peg. Tries to, didn't, doesn't leave him in his braggingness. Gave him said, more to do. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's also an interesting thing of, of taking our, our, our sin nature and putting work to it, putting, um, uh, trying to uh, curb our sin with work, you know, uh, it's in a sense the the same thing. It's not good for man to be alone because if he's alone, who knows what he'll do? You know, um, it needs he needs to be doing something. Um, the devil is in the in the times in which in in the free times the devil is in the free times in a sense that <laughs> when you're doing work there's less of a chance of of sin to occur and that's another interesting parallel that it's that it's Aslan gave him work so he would stop bragging you know yeah, yeah. Uh, so hmm that is pretty cool yeah yeah what well, and I think it's it's really interesting the um Something that's inspiring in that chapter is is the loyalty of all the creatures to Aslan, right? Just that unquestioning excitement, loyalty you know, in the presence of of their king, which I think is something that's inspiring for us as well. You know, in the in the presence of Christ, in the presence of of our God, you know, having that same loyalty and understanding from that perspective. Um, it's not something you're, you know, putting off your sin, working in the world. All of that is not something you're forced to do like, oh, I got to do this under threat of yeah. hell. It's like, no, it's not that. That might be what gets you 
to wake up. You know, there's a punishment here, but ultimately it goes deeper than that. Um, it's Christ saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not, yeah. if you're terrified of hell, keep my commandments. It's if you love yeah. me, keep my commandments. And as a side benefit, you don't go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Not that keeping the commandments is what keeps you out of hell, but it's still a command that we're told, right? Um, so it's, it's just, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment. And, and I think it's an interesting inspiration, just the, the loyalty and the um, excitement of the animals to do what Aslan told them to do. And I think it's yeah. an example that we should look at today and try and follow. So you, you also have this, the sense of when it's the same thing with, with when Christ came to earth, Aslan is there in person with everybody and they, in a sense, give him respect because they they feel his presence. They see him. They are they're afraid yeah. of him. They are respecting of him. The same thing with Christ. When and well, except for the people, except for the the witches people, you know, yeah, the right. the devil, um, the the Pharisees hated Christ and they didn't give him the respect he deserved. But when when Peter and when uh. Uh, yeah, it was Simon Peter who was on the boat, wasn't it? Who mm, saw who so. Christ Christ brought up all of the fish, had all the the fish mm. there um, with the nets, uh, made them have such a bountiful amount of food uh, that Simon Peter Peter immediately in the boat got down on his knees and uh, asked God for forgiveness right then and there, you know. Uh, that this sense of like they saw what Christ could do, they saw his um, his presence. They they yeah, and they gave yeah. him that respect. Uh, but you also see the parallel you see in uh, Narnia how when when Aslan isn't there, and we'll see this um, in the next book kind of, but I think it's most prevalent in Prince Caspian um, that that the nation falls away when God isn't there to always babysit them. The yeah. nation starts falling away. And there are, there are periods of time, um, that, uh, things happen and it brings the nation back. Um, and we're, we're seeing that we're seeing that throughout our day, but things kind of get better as they continue on. Um, and we're, we're we're seeing that in current day, we we have had so much good things yeah. happening, even though we can't After see it kind of currently. like a kick in the pants, yeah. right? You know, like right. I feel like right. what, what you're getting at is you need this like constant like reminder, like right. kick in the right. pants, and be like, all yeah. right, get get back to work, mm -hmm. come on, wake up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I feel like that was what COVID was in our day, was like. Hey, look at how bad this is. Look at all these agencies that have control over every part of your life. Wake up. We are not living in a free country. We are not, you know, like this is wake yeah. up, realize what's happening. And it woke so many people up. And then it, and then they saw the, the woke ideology. They saw all this, all this evil that's happening. And now it's, it's spurred people to actually study and research things and actually be more in right. the know and pull their heads out of the sand and be like, Oh, Oh, I thought we could just sit around and do nothing. Weird. That's right, not, that right. that didn't work. That's strange. <laughs> so, yeah, and and 
that was just more of a political awakening that led a lot of people to a spiritual awakening, which is cool. But we've also had those revivals and reformations and of a spiritual nature as well. So yeah, I think there's definitely moments in history where things get kickstarted again and kick in the pants and wake people up, you know, so. All right, sweet. I think we'll take the last six minutes and just discuss the hunting of the white stag. Um, but I really appreciate the topic you brought up, Jake. I think that was a great tie-in. Um, this was an interesting, you know, just kind of like a, another another way to wrap up the book. Um, it always seems like so much is happening. And all of these books, there's, you know, getting into, getting used to the characters, developing their personalities, um, figuring out, ooh, how are we going to get into Narnia this time? And then we're in Narnia and there's this big story arc and stuff is happening and it ties into yeah. previous things and earth shattering and then boom, it all comes to a halt, like suddenly. <laughs> like, yeah, mm -hmm. the story had kind of resolved, but also like to me, you get to this and it's like, okay, we're done. And it's like, oh, whoa, what just happened? It's, it's mm -hmm. just funny, like the, the small sliver of time that's actually spent in our world is, is uh, an interesting parallel or interesting contrast to me. Um, so and then you get a little, was... little diggery reveal at the end as well, yeah. which is cool. I don't know if it was this chapter or the last chapter, but um, this chapter talking about kind of, in a sense, the redemption of Edmund. Right. And how he yeah, true. The just he um yeah. did well. Well, actually he even in that time period during the battle. The battle, yes. How how he yeah. his you know, his quick thinking and his yep. um yeah. But he kind of saved the battle there. I also wanted to point out that that um that Edmund betrayed them, and that was a bad thing, right? But Aslan, or or in a sense, God, took the bad and turned it into good. The same thing, it's like a Joseph story. Um, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Yeah. Um, it was an evil thing that happened, and God turned it to good. Um, that that um, all these other creatures that were statues, they turned to then, then they were saved, then they were you know, given their flesh back in a sense. Um, now Edmund in this battle takes his sword and he cuts the witch's wand. And mm. I think uh, interesting strategy during that um, battle uh, that C.S. Lewis brings out is that Edmund, instead of going straight for the witch, instead of going straight to attack the witch, instead attacked the wand, hit yep. the wand so that the witch wouldn't be able to so the the witch wouldn't turn around and immediately turn him to stone. Yeah. Um but in a sense that sort of redemption now he is an integral part and in actually doing something in a sense for the kingdom of God, doing something mm -hmm. to to help and to do good. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah. Yep. And that's interesting too is that it's not that act that saved him. Right. He was already saved, you know. And he had nothing to do with that, which I think is also a really cool way of, of Lewis to, to demonstrate our helplessness, but also to demonstrate how our good works fit into our salvation. 
they don't. <laughs> they, they happen at the they happen at the end. They happen after. They're the fruit of what has already happened. Any goodness that's in us is not from us. Any ability to fight sin doesn't come from us. It comes purely from God. We had no input, no say, no ability to save ourselves. And so I think that what's inter- you know it's really interesting how he brings that out that the goodness came after he was yeah. saved by Aslan, not before. So. That was and him uh, stopping the witch, breaking the staff, what have you, was not what saved him. It was right. a result of him being saved that he was even able to do that. So, anyways, any final thoughts before we wrap up today's episode, Jake? Last thing I would say is the same thing along the lines of Aslan not being safe. He is certainly mm. not safe, but he's mm-hmm. good. Uh, but the at the very end, um, Mr. Beaver again talking to um, the two kings and the two queens, saying to them, because uh, Aslan's leaving. Aslan was gone. Aslan had left. And he said to them, he's not a tame lion. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, and it harkens back to the same of him not being safe. He's not safe. Um, yeah. And that's the same thing kind of in a reverse or what I was talking about on Monday. Uh, no, I didn't bring this up on Monday. No, 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 I did. I did. Uh, the fear <laughs> of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, yeah. the fear of the Lord. We, we need to fear God. We need, and in a sense, the same thing, fear as land. You know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point to tie in here, especially at the end. Yeah, great. Well, Thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, month as we went through this book. Yes, this is the last episode with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We're moving into the next book starting next week, so stay tuned for that. But if you are subscribed to our Rumble channel and subscribe to us on wherever you're podcasting from, you will get notified about our Friday episode where we discuss uh, with Pastor Hansen the next book. So you get a little bit of a sneak peek into our next book on Friday. So you don't want to miss that episode. And uh, check out our show website, trdshow.net. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter there. If we get some more newsletter signups, we might end up uh, sending out more of those more consistently. That'd be really cool. Share it with your friends, trdshow.net. You can watch all of our episodes from our website. Also send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Thanks, and we will see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.